you abrahams isaacs and jacobs out there you're listening to polygonometry this is a family podcast where each week i sit down with one of my relatives to discuss what it's like growing up in polygamy my guest on the show this week is probably one of the most confident young women i've ever met in my life and i am so stoked to have her on the show uh she is wickedly funny and she's been that way ever since we were kids uh she is never not down to have a good time and we have a good time on this episode. Um, the majority of it revolves around a very specific experience involving her and her now husband um, and how things were kind of crazy involving how they got together. So if you have any questions about the podcast and you want to reach out, hit me up on all the social medias. Uh, I have Facebook and Instagram, and that's all of them, okay? <laughs> so... It, I'm planning on doing a Q&A episode sometime at the beginning of February, and I'm just going to be reading off everyone's questions and answering them in to the best of my ability, and we'll see what territory we get into. So go ahead and hit me up, drop me a line, and yeah. And one last thing, the audio got a little distorted towards the end, um, and it slowly gets a little bit more echoey sounding. Um, I apologize. Nothing I can do with the limited knowledge that I have about audio editing. That's what you got. That's what you get this week. And I apologize in advance. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy the story and the perspective of my dad's dad's third oldest brother's first wife's third oldest son's second oldest daughter. Did you ever, like growing up in Mines Academy and stuff, did you ever feel like you were going to live polygamy at all oh hell no <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know that was just kind of I mean it was preached to us but my parents were really good about you know finding your own way they presented their views and then just kind of let us you know like we are gonna go to church and you're gonna go to Sunday school but you know you can have your own thoughts you can have your own questions and you can ask us anytime we're not like gonna press our views on you super hard so I think that's I was lucky in that way as far yeah. as I didn't get like hounded like this is the way you have to live. And so I mean I was friends with quite a few people who did believe that way just like you know lots of my cousins down in Utah were just like planning like oh let's marry this person together let's marry this person <laughs> together. Yeah like my cousin one of my cousins she asked me she was dating a guy and they weren't even engaged yet and she was like I probably was like maybe 13 or 14 and she's probably five or six years older than me okay so she's so, like, okay so, so she's getting pretty serious with her boyfriend and she asked me she's like whitney you know i think you would make a perfect second wife would you want to be my second <laughs> wife and i was like what no uh, you're joking right and she's just like no i'm serious do you want to be my second wife like let's plan this together oh my I, um, god no, because I don't, it's, and I won't mention his name, but I'm like, it's your boyfriend. We'll just say John for a say. Uh, it's like, it's John. What's wrong with John? I'm like, yeah. um, 
uh, how do I dodge this? I don't know. I'm like, no, um, thanks. Uh, I think I hear my mom calling me or something. <laughs> I need to go. It's like, oh, uh, mom got dinner ready at home. I got to leave. Right. And now she's probably looking at me now. I'm like, oh, thank God that that wasn't my second wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, it's interesting that you brought that up because like, I okay. So growing up, like, okay, so like sleepovers, right? Right. All the kids have like their, you know, super juicy, really gossipy, like subject matter they get to with sleepovers. Right? Yeah. And something that I experienced, you know, with my cousins and friends and, you know, I mean, all of them, are cousins, mm-hmm. but um, something that we talked about at sleepovers was like, I know how, um, at least my perception, you can definitely speak to this is like when girls get together, they talk about boys, right? Right. They talk about boys. Uh-huh. Um, and we did the same thing with girls and then instead of talking about like who we think is cute and stuff i mean we had all that stuff but then the next level of it was like how many wives are you gonna have right yeah we (laughs) definitely had that so was that similar at least on the other side of it as like i want to be the second wife i want to be wife number four or whatever was that ever a conversation Um, you guys had yeah i think i mean i always you know i guess looking back if i ever I, I would like to say that I've never believed or like thought that I was ever going to live that way. But yeah. let's just say perhaps that I did. My personality would be like, oh, I'm totally going to be the first wife. Like, <laughs> that's me. I'm the first wife. That's awesome. Um, And when I was dating my husband, actually, my mom asked me, she's just like, so what if Jason wants to get another wife? And I was like, well, if he can love somebody else, so can I. Like, that's not even a discussion. <laughs> so, I, it's over. It's done. So, <laughs> so you were basically ready and willing and prepared to be like, all right, uh, you know, all right, love. If you get another wife, I'm getting another husband. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> it. Or it's just like, I mean, maybe you want to cut this. It's, But I'm like, well, why does like, talking about it now? It's like, yeah, if Jason ever got another wife, why does he get to have all the fun? I'm going to marry her too, you know? <laughs> like, if we're oh, going to be gonna... a thruple. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, that's not fair that he gets to sleep with her and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's like, ew, what is wrong with you? Oh, like, okay. well, let's just not have this discussion. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, anybody who's listening, uh, <laughs> we accept whoever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, bisexuality is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> just in case somebody comes back, who the F do you think you are? No. Yeah, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I'm willing to have a conversation about it. Or right. not, I don't have any ill will towards anybody who who thinks that way or anything like that yeah for and sure. i know that like for sure part of the i mean we're jumping a lot of subjects here but like with the legislation involved with polygamy you know slowly be de- like decriminalized like in utah for instance right kind of on the coattails of the lgbtq acceptance and, right yeah and, mm-hmm. and i know that part of that community you know might be more accepting towards the polygamous lifestyle right yeah i think they would because i remember having that discussion i don't remember who it was but kind of talking about it well you know if gay people can get married then why can't we legalize polygamy too Mm -hmm. type of a thing and it was just like i don't really know if they go hand in hand but sure whatever let's yeah i mean (laughs) consenting adults right right as long as they're consenting adults like there's lots of times that they're not so (laughs) yeah yeah no and that's actually something that's really important to mention too is like sometimes the people who you know jump into these types of relationships are not the most informed consent right yeah it's more of a cultural thing yeah you know like well this is what's expected of me so i better just do it 
Yeah. I mean, I felt that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat that you are. Like my parents never, ever pushed that on me like mm-hmm. at all as far as like all the pressure that I felt from living polygamy. And I'm, by the way, I was fully in it. Like I was going to live polygamy. Like you, that's what I thought. Yeah. You, you got to punch your ticket to heaven. That's <laughs> yeah, your only I gotta way. Be, I got to get exalted. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Um, and I can't remember exactly like when there was never really a specific moment where I was like, what am I doing? I'm not going to live this way. Um, but it was kind of just it, all the pressure that I felt was from the outside, never within the home. Like my mom and dad never pushed that on. Right. It was like everyone else, like all of the friends that I had and all my relatives and and everybody was like, well, I mean, this is the only way that life is. So right. why would you ever do anything differently? Exactly. Yeah. You're kind of, you know, an old maid, basically, if you don't get another wife or if you're not married by 18 or. And that's you know. from the women's perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because old dudes just marry whoever. I mean, old dudes, just like the older they get, the younger they get, the younger ones they get. <laughs> Seems like it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't happened in a very long time, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there ha- there has been two recent um, marriages where the the man is twenty years older than the second wife. Okay. In the last like two months. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not as closely, you know, close knit um, relationship uh, with with the community still, um, but. But yeah, so I I, w- I wouldn't know anything about that. I definitely want to don't I don't want to like hang him out to dry, really. Yeah. No. Um, but as far as I mean, if you want to, it wanna, still happens. It, I should it, say it ha- rather well, than like pointing fingers who it was. It was yeah. Just, it still happens. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot more down in Utah more than up here. Yeah, up um, here being Montana. Yeah, um, Montana. And uh, so even then, the the age difference between being only twenty years older versus like. 45 right that used to be a lot more common yeah way back in the day right and and now that has i guess the the gap's getting smaller yes <laughs> yes <laughs> which it is, is a good trend uh i would say so I yeah mean, i don't know how i feel about it it doesn't feel good I mean, <laughs> you know, you know I mean? because it's like ari and her husband are like what 18 19 years apart but that's just not as weird to me because they're you know, she was also over the age of 21 and, you know, and mm-hmm. she knew exactly what she wanted and she's not a second wife. And so it's like, yeah. I guess maybe the man and the woman's not a big deal. It's just like you think of like the man and his first wife, you know, they're pretty close in age. And so you get like, imagine like if I was to marry some, get back into the group and marry somebody 20 years younger than me like a young girl i would just be a, oh yeah. like look at my husband you're a freaking creep what's yeah. wrong with you yeah man yeah i <laughs> yeah this could be my daughter yeah so <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and with with your example of of our mutual friend um she definitely was informed and her husband is a super great dude oh yeah who doesn't who's not affiliated with mormonism in any sense that at least from what I understand. I don't think he is. I, I know that he has, like, family that... Oh, he grew up super Mormon. Oh, like did he? LDS oh, okay. Mormon. Like, oh. went through the temple and everything. Oh, I had no that, idea. Yeah. So, okay, well. um, so he's kind of a black sheep of his family. Yeah, foot but... in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, That's no, okay. and he... he he's he, super awesome. They're so cute together. It's ridiculous. It's almost gross how cute they are together. Yeah. It, it's like goopy it, type of relationship. It's like... <laughs> It's like okay you guys are cute but stop <laughs> no. <laughs> no they're they're great together yeah. um yeah 
no that's i'm really glad that that's the trend is like getting you know the, the gap is getting closer and closer together and yeah. i mean did you do you have any like mutual or uh, childhood friends that have like jumped into those types of relationships before i obviously i don't want to um i mean there was a couple girls i went to school with i'm trying to think i know there's a few of them that definitely believe that way and they're like no this is we're gonna we're gonna live and they've dated a few people after they've you know dating being you and your husband date another girl kind of you kind of pick her out together type of a thing and then you ask about her ask her father and then the husbands will start going on dates with her but it's typically more like family dating where there's no real one-on-one time with the husband and um new girlfriend and the new girlfriend but yeah i've never really understood how that works explicitly because i've never lived it yeah i mean it's just i don't know and trying to talk like well why do you feel this way and it's just like well i just have i just feel like i need to do it i feel like that's what god's telling me to do so that faith is definitely a driving force i think yeah i think a lot of it for some of them like one i know she's like she doesn't have the outside pressures. She's not the cultural pressures. Um, she doesn't even affiliate herself with AUB anymore. Oh, okay. And she, but she still like has that innate like I feel like God just wanted me to live that way, but okay. now I'm not an avenue to live it anymore. Um, oh, okay. So I mean, luckily she's not on the avenue to live it anymore. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I guess if you wanted to go like biblical um comparison because whether you believe it or not um i think like i take the bible or say the book of mormon Mm -hmm. true or not that they're just stories of humanity okay so i think you could take every certain story and kind of apply to your own life and so like with this one friend i take the um story of abraham and isaac sure how god's like okay abraham i need you to go up into this mountain i need you to sacrifice your son you know, and so mm-hmm. for three days hauling up the mountain, he was like tortured. Like, I'm not going to do this. Why would he make me do this? Like, yeah, the why? Test of the faith. ultimate test of faith, you know. And then, and then at the end, he finally gives in, and like is going down to slay his son. And then yeah. an angel steps in and says, "No, no, okay, you've proven yourself. Yeah, here's a goat instead. Here's <laughs> a goat instead to kill this thing." And so what? Do you, so what do you draw from so that? So basically, then? it's like I feel like you know. Um, you're when you're really vulnerable and you give into something mm-hmm. then some you can be rewarded for it so this oh, friend she okay, like gotcha. was like i know that my personality doesn't really line up with this i know it probably wouldn't be good for us but mm-hmm. i have this innate feeling that god's just testing me and saying i need you to live this way and so she finally gave in and they actually asked about a girl and then um the girl said no and then that feeling kind of just washed away like oh i did my due diligence oh, so, so she was a first wife yeah. Okay. The and, first then, wife. and then her and her husband were like, hey, we want to pursue this lifestyle. But then once that, <clears throat> excuse me, once that uh, other woman said no, then it was kind of like a, a revelation of sorts of relief of like, oh, then we're not meant to live this way. Yeah, then. exactly. Oh, and I know okay. a couple accounts of that's of, of pretty close people to me that that's happens like, well, we, we don't really want to live this way. We grew up this way, whatever. But, and then they do it. They ask about some somebody, and they get denied. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like this, like, oh my gosh, okay, we don't have to live this way. Turns out that yeah. God's not actually forcing us to live this way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a relief, God! Thanks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, you mentioned like drawing stories from like the Book of Mormon, and you you said like stories of humanity mm-hmm. was. I remember growing up, 
thinking that the Book of Mormon was like a literal, like it happened, happened. Like right. the Lamanites and Nephites were actual people and, you know, a testament in the Americas. And they, you know, they are the ancestors of the now Native Americans and, and that kind of stuff. I don't know if I necessarily believe that anymore, um, just because of stuff that I've read, read up on. But you mentioned like the story part, and that's kind of the, the thing that kind of piqued my interest is like, we can derive meaning and apply it to our lives in in whatever way we want to from various stories, whether they're of scripture or not. Yeah. Like, I personally find the story of Luke Skywalker right. to be extremely compelling. Right. Or Frodo or whatever. Yeah. You know, and and be able to draw like those those similarities and those like I don't know almost transcendent values I, mm. I don't know how to how to directly put it I yeah i think um yeah yeah like you said just kind of values um as far as ways to live your life because i think you know uh, on any story you can relate you can find a relation in your life and mm -hmm. you can be like oh well in that story that didn't work out for those people very well by yeah. doing what they did so maybe the, the moral of the story is don't do that but you should do you know follow different footsteps so i yeah. think um yeah true or not i know lots of people have like well it's not true so i'm not even gonna go on that like we're not even gonna consider mm -hmm. anything and so that's just you have to decide if does it matter if it's true or not if you can pull value out of it yeah yeah so yeah i'm glad you said that because um like i i personally and this is just me talking i i, I don't necessarily believe that the book of mormon or the bible um was a literal account of right. things that happened, mm -hmm. even though, you know, depending on who you talk to, depending on what denomination that they belong to or subscribe to, you know, they might think differently, but I, I personally don't. But I do understand that like the story of Samuel, the Lamanite, you know, prophesying on the wall and talking about how all the Nephites are in this, you know, they're, they're living lives of iniquity and, mm -hmm. and all these different things and how, like the the thing that I kind of derive from that is like staying true to who you are, right? You know, and it might be a very simplistic takeaway from that mm -hmm. story, but I never have thought like, you know, well, I'm going to go stand on a wall and have everyone shoot arrows at me, and and, <laughs> and my faith in God will make all the arrows not hit me, right? Exactly. You know? Like I've never been like, all right, I'm going to go down to Corvallis and tell all of my you know iniquitous friends that aren't living polygamy hey you know up on a lunch table or something uh, exactly. like that exactly <laughs> and if it's really true then the stones and the carrots and the, and the you know and the food won't hit, won't hit you <laughs> yeah. yeah i think uh, people definitely take a lot of things too literal um there was another uh, like the whole adam and eve and eve eating the apple and stuff and then mm -hmm. um having children and getting cast out and you know talking about that my husband jason he's just like you know Whitney, it wasn't a literal apple she ate. It was sex. How do you think that they had kids? <laughs> you know, like, don't have okay. sex because you're going to procreate. Oh, you had sex. You have to procreate now. You get blessings, but get out of here. <laughs> you know, eating the apple and having sex is definitely a euphemism that I should be using from now on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you know who I ate the apple with last night? So do you want to go back to my place and eat an apple? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you asking me that question makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not uncommon and where we grew up. No, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, well, calling okay, call a spade a spade, man. <laughs> Just put it yeah, Sometimes, sometimes it happens. And I don't like it. <laughs> I don't think that's cool. Yeah, no. I um, It's funny because my siblings married their cousins. 
and they're not super close cousins. You know, they're like second, third with polygamous twists in there and stuff. Yep. And um, I never really realized it until I was going back like, Jason and I are not related at all. And you guys all found your cousins. That's disgusting. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and then, you know, you get the whole, well, cousin loving become, you know, you get more t- or morbidities and stuff with your kids. And I had my first kid and he had a club foot. And so now the joke is, is like, okay, I'm the only one that didn't marry my cousin and I got a club foot baby. How, how does that make sense? And they all have normal babies. <laughs> you know, your kid's going to listen back to this specific episode and be like, oh, mom. Oh, you're such a dick. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've always been weirded out by that for sure. And I mean, we've touched on this before in, in, in other episodes and stuff, but like the, the attraction towards your cousins and how that's like just kind of the thing just that just happens and right just because of the proximity and it's so hard to describe like i i don't i couldn't i don't get it as far as like being attracted to your because growing up in pines i mean every one of my classmates was a cousin except for um one mm-hmm. and i had a huge crush on him like all, I think I know you're talking about. Yeah, all the way for forever. I had the mm-hmm. biggest crush on him, and I finally asked him out in like eighth grade. Yeah, I like put a little note in his locker, Aww. said, "Will you go out with me?" And so then cute. he never talked to me again because we were really good friends. Yeah, up until that point, and it was uh-huh. like, oh well, that sucks. <laughs> so womp womp. Yeah, and then I guess I was. <sighs> I get like if you don't if you grew up not knowing them mm-hmm. like you go down to a youth conference or something in utah and there's like all of those boys but you're most likely related to all of them you just don't know it yeah so i had a fling with one of them like we never kissed or never did anything like that we mm-hmm. kind of wrote letters back and forth and, sure. and he asked me like what i believed and i'm like well i'm not sure what i believe i I don't know if I believe in the Book of Mormon, and I definitely don't believe in polygamy. Like, that's not a route I'm going to go. And then he, he wrote back, like, oh, well, I respect your opinion, but that's not the route I'm wanting to take. I want to live polygamy, so see ya. Oh. You know, it's like, oh, all right, very straightforward. Well, like, good for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that he was be able, like, to be that honest and upfront with you about it. Yeah, and the funny thing is he still hasn't living polygamy yet. <laughs> he's married, <laughs> but he's He hasn't not. jumped into it. You should, you should <laughs> write him another letter and be I like, should be like oh. Well, remember, and then you can attach, you can like mail the letter that he sent you with the letter that you write. Right, be exactly. Like, and with a highlighter, be like, you said this. You this, better get on it. As referenced <laughs> by your previous letter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he was like, he was an all red. So my grandma's an all red. I don't know. There's some polygamous twist in there with, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I can't even date it back to how we're related. <laughs> Some second, third polygamous twists like five times around and then we were related. Yeah. So. You know, there, there's definitely a way, but I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not really tapped into that genealogy. Like I haven't cared enough about that for some reason. Like growing up. That could get up, you in trouble. I know. It definitely gets you in trouble. Like, <laughs> oh crap, I'm related to you. <laughs> you you kind of need to pay attention to make sure that you're not <laughs> jumping into anything. Right. And the funniest. So, um, so my sister-in-law, she moved to Great Falls. She became a nurse and everything. Met a guy over there in the singles ward. She okay. joined the LDS church and stuff. Met okay. a guy and started dating and, you know, come back and visit the family. And, um, like, his family was saying, where are you from? Oh, I'm from, you know, Hamilton, Montana area. <laughs> you know, because you don't really ever put out, like, you're from Pinesdale. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just because just because it has, like, that. It's got that stigma to it. Got, it has a certain sting. 
Right. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I've certainly felt oh, like, definitely. oh, hey, where did you grow up? Uh, 40 <laughs> miles south of Missoula? Uh, you know where Missoula is? Just like south of that. Yeah, you know how Montana has like the nose on it? Like I grew up like on the nose and you're just like try to be so um, vague uh-huh. just because, I mean, it was drilled into us. Like right. you don't want to express these types of things. And so I'm super appreciative that you're able to be you know, comfortable enough to, to right. come and talk about it. Like, right. Yeah. Um, but so like his family's like, oh yeah, we've got some relatives down that way. Like where at? Oh, She's like, well, no. Hamilton. Okay. Well, well where for, like Pinesdale? Really? We have relatives in Pinesdale. Oh. And turns out he is, so he's related to me actually. Um, he is an all, he's related through the Allred line okay. of my grandma, Sharon Allred and it's her brother's, like, son, I don't know, her brother's grandson, maybe, Okay. I think. And so my sister-in-law, she's related through the All Red Line as well. Okay. And so for her, like, they were already, like, <laughs> engaged in everything like that before they found out. Oh, and, no. and so they took a really long, like, let's take a break. Um, really reassess really what reassess want, what we want <laughs> you know for her it wasn't uncommon to like marry your cousin right but for yeah. him that was very well, uncommon yeah, that would be extremely jarring to like be super interested in somebody so much that you're in love so much that you would propose so much that you would get engaged uh-huh. and then enough to just kind of like oh wait hold on i haven't asked you this question yet right where do you come from uh-huh. oh oh here's a connect- oh here's a connection huh Oh, crap. Oh, no. So, but they ended up working it out and they got married because they're like, well, we're super in love. We didn't know each other growing up. Sure. We're not super related. Like, you know, just through this one little line. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, whatever. I remember (laughs) hearing. I think it put a strain on them for sure. Yeah. Like, that would be extremely difficult to to navigate relationship wise. Um, But I remember reading somewhere or hearing, I can't remember exactly where I got this information. It might have been from like someone who was trying to justify living polygamy by marrying your very close relatives of like, you know, it's good for your kids to be kind of closely related. Like if like third and fourth cousins is okay to marry because, and this is what they said or what I read from. I can't remember exactly what it was. I have to look this up. So I'm no expert. Uh I'm no geneticist, but like marrying your third or fourth cousin, you're close enough to highlight your genetic strengths oh, gotcha. while not letting the malformations, you know, right. come to light. Any closer than that, that's when things start to get squirrely. Right. I have met and known many, many, many third and fourth cousins that I still like just cannot even approach that thought right i'm just like ah there's no way man like if you if we go back to like maybe the 1500s sharing a last name then i might consider it Uh (laughs) uh-huh but like anything sooner than that of common ancestry i i can't just no thank you yeah i know it's yeah I mean, I guess it matters to some people and it doesn't to others. The weirdest thing is when they marry the same last name. And so, like, it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, that's hard. I mean, when do you... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that one's a tough one to get into because then you can go, well, love is love type of a thing. But then it's like... Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's not... Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't want to be Jamie and Cersei, so. (laughs) (laughs) Game of Thrones reference. (laughs) Uh, That's just uh, getting a little too close there. Yeah, that's that's a little too close for comfort. Um, (laughs) Even though it is compelling, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to say that. (laughs) I I mean, like, for my brothers, and my sister married her, I don't know, he's... Her second cousin with a polygamous twist. I think they're related on the Jessup side. Okay. Um, like she had no idea until you know, because his last name's Spencer. So we're not related to Spencers. There's not a whole lot of Spencers around. Mm-hmm. He's from Utah. You know, his gr- dad grew up in Mexico. You know, yeah. so just like there's no way they're related. And then turns out they're related. But oh well. So I. Have a what funny, do you do? <laughs> I have a funny story about my parents. Okay. So are they re- no, they're not related. Well, are hold they? on. Oh gosh. This is actually like super crazy. <laughs> okay. So my mom's really into genealogy. She right. really enjoys like the family history part and like looking up old photos and you know collecting stories. And that's probably part of the reason why I started this podcast is like I'm of the same ilk, essentially. Uh huh. Um, I have that same kind of interest. Um, and so I can't remember what website it is. I don't know if it's ancestry.com or not, or 23andMe or whatever. One of those, one of those Mormon owned <laughs> websites. Right, right. Um, but they have this software that, um, you basically plug in two names and it tells you how they're related. Really? Yeah. And I'm probably going to be using this software to like figure out how I'm related to my guests. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but my mom and dad found out. And okay, so for some context, like they, like dad grew up here, born and raised in Montana. Mom was born in Washington, D.C., but then moved to California, up to Washington, down to Utah, like all these different places, right? Uh-huh. And she was a convert to the AUB. Right. Okay. So there's no possible way that you could ever think, like, oh, yeah, there's no way that they're related. Turns out my mom and dad are eighth cousins, like seven times removed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think that if anybody were to like have both of their parents put in that stuff, I think it would get to that point of like yeah. 10th cousins or something like that. Just Definitely. Because, like, Especially that's... because we're all immigrants, right? Like all of our yeah. ancestors are immigrants. And England where, or like, you know, Europe where most of them came from was a very small country. So that was happening yeah. a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, especially in England. They were all pretty. Uh... Well, yeah. And in and not even England, but also like Austria and Poland. And right. Like you go you go back and look at the Habsburgs, and you look uh-huh. at the paintings of the Habsburgs, and you see these people. That you're like, yeah, no wonder that they're like the product of incest. They are horrible looking. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because they wanted to keep the bloodlines pure and everything. Yeah. It's like, have you seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I love that show. The McPoyles. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the McPoyles. What you, that's what you look at. The McPoyles. They're like, oh, <laughs> this is why I'm never going to marry. That's know? awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think like my great grandpa, Roland Clark Allred, you know, everybody mm-hmm. rants and raves of how amazing of a guy he was. And he was a pretty good guy. But yeah. at the end of the day, he was a man. So mm-hmm. he was also a dirtbag, you know, because we're all dirtbags. All men are dirtbags. You heard it here from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so like he was a doctor and everything and he, um, knew, the problem that AUB was facing of not, you know, with the LDS church, they're constantly getting new members in. Yeah, missionary work is kind of a a feeder line. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like they're constantly trying to get more and more people in. And AUB was very conservative, very like, 
you know, well, we live polygamy, so we can't really go out and convert people all that easy and, and more of a tight knit group where you're in this click type yeah. of thing. And he yeah. knew that that was a problem. So he kept saying, you know, always try and get new members because we're going to have like an issue. Start, an issue because you start marrying your cousins and the first generation's not going to be affected by it, right? But everyone after but that. But after that, it's second, going to be... if those kids marry their first cousins in turn, yeah, that starts to become an yeah, issue. Yeah, exactly. So it's like when you uh, marry your second cousin, whatever, mm-hmm. and you aren't the product of a cousin loving Got either, it. so then your, your kids will be all right. But if your kids marry their cousins, then... Mm-hmm. It's just... So it's basically like if you marry your first cousin, it's gonna be fine, but your grandkids are gonna be really messed up. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, so, and as he long definitely... as they keep, you know, marrying inside the line. Yeah. No, I I agree with the conservative type of mindset of like you know very blue blood mentality. Mm-hmm. A very. It's a lot like Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I see we, another story you can relate to. We don't to. want we don't want mudbloods. <laughs> right. Yeah. The AUB is basically Slytherin. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We don't want new blood. <laughs> yeah, lots of blondes. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is a lot of blondes. Tons of blondes. I was a blonde kid. Yeah, you were a blonde kid. I, was, I guess I was... Tank's blonde, too. He's yeah, pretty yeah, blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my little brother's definitely... I mean, he's changed a lot now. I don't have any hair anymore. Right. But... Because I, I take after my grandpa. But, mm. um, but yeah. No, I was definitely a towhead, for sure. You know? Yeah. They're all pretty Almost... blonde. Yeah, and if you go down to Utah too, everyone's blonde in Utah. Yeah, it's like you have a certain look. Like the Montana kids, like Pinesdale kids, all had a look, and then yep. like Rocky Ridgers had a look, mm-hmm. and so did Harvest Haven. Harvest Haven had the more uptight. Like the girls always had straight long hair <laughs> with like a side swept um, bangs, and they all wore. But not like the. FLDS side swooped. No. No. They were all, I mean, they all dressed pretty nice. You know, mm-hmm. they're not like in those dingy dresses that. The pastel, poofy, yeah. Napoleon dynamite. Right. Dead so they yeah. all had like the jeans and then they all had like a short sleeve t shirt, but a long sleeve t shirt underneath of yep. it. Yep. And Gotta lots of times modest. those shirts those short sleeve were like v-necks too and then they had like a long sleeve tee underneath of it like too. their so older brothers like... like basketball shirt from like <laughs> their freshman year of high school yeah i'm saying modest though but then they yeah. have like a really deep cut neckline uh-huh it's like uh, <laughs> yeah cool uh-huh yeah it's a whole nother <laughs> modesty thing and i've heard that too when i was living in utah um you know living with my uncle down there and they like they mentioned that type of thing, but in the reverse of like, yeah, like all the kids from Pinesdale, they're just like dirtier. Yeah. Like, like I, I've definitely like got that idea of like, well, I mean, you think about like where they live down in Utah and it's a lot more deserty mm-hmm. and like that kind of more thing. More city too. More city as well. So the, the kids are, you know, a lot more tan uh-huh. than we are. Uh, so, well, I mean, that's whatever, but but yeah, there's definitely a certain type of look. And then you compare that to what we grew up doing. You know, we live out in the sticks uh-huh. and like our best entertainment was banging rocks together to make chalk. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, so it's just it kind of had like the feel of like a very flannel lumberjack yes. type of vibe. Right. Yeah. Remember when lumber sexual was a thing? What? Lumber sexual? What's lumber sexual? Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. This is like maybe five or six years ago. This is when like man buns really came into. Okay. Right. So like the uh-huh. beard, man bun, flannel shirt. Right. It was like a style. Uh-huh. Right. 
and that the term for it was lumbersexual oh, so that's okay. why i referenced it gotcha yeah all right that makes sense yeah it's kind of weird <laughs> that is kind of weird but <laughs> Fla- flannel is a good look <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean you talk you go to any bar in montana oh there's gonna be everybody has everybody a has a flannel it's like the next it's the it's the sunday second best yep it's not your yep. sunday best but it's your Sunday second best. Uh-huh. It's what you wear when you're done with church. Yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but you still can't, you can't put on that dirty of clothes after church because you can't do anything because it's Sunday. Well, right? yeah, Sunday you got to take a nap. You have to take a nap. You can't. Well, you can clean the house. You, you know, house. you can do that. You can watch Book of Mormon stories on VHS. Yeah, you can't. You can't go play volleyball. Nope. You can go on a walk though. Go on a walk's um, good. No motorcycles. You can't ride your motorcycles around. I know. I know where. Kind of saying this sarcastically, but this is all true. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously, it's all true. And then yeah. you know, you could take it another step further. You can't wear yoga pants. You can't do yoga. You can't hula hoop. You can't. Um, yeah, just... you can't hula hoop on Sundays. You can't hula hoop on <laughs> on Sundays. You Basically, you shouldn't do it anyway because it's it's very provocative way you move your hips, and uh-huh. so it's just very inappropriate. Really inappropriate, especially if you're like a second grade girl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's the whole reason. <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, I want to get your perspective on that because I was not a woman growing up in AUB. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with priesthood meeting and going to those meetings and stuff, we were always getting harped on about like controlling yourself and like all that stuff, right? Get a spoon out. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that story. Um, all that story. Okay. Someday. This is this is one of those stories that's going to like happen a lot on this podcast, I feel like, because uh, it's one of those transcendent. Right. I mean, you've got. You might have when I edit that, but yeah, I mean, uh, okay. So the story, at least from what I know, and you weren't taught this story. No, I was. Oh, okay. No, no okay, I was, okay. but I want to make sure that I'm not speaking out of turn in a certain sense. Right. You know what I mean? So there was there back in the day, uh, this was something that was taught, you know, every generation of, of, young men uh-huh. in, in the group and priesthood meeting in priesthood meeting a priesthood meeting and you know what i need for this podcast i need like a you need like a, a soundboard that's like context time dun, yeah. dun, and it like plays a little tune maybe i'll get that figured out yeah, but anyway smart. so one of the old patriarchs of the group um he gave a a talk that became kind of infamous uh <laughs> to the young men of the group uh, like I said, every generation, and it was in the context of controlling yourself. And by controlling yourself, he meant your sexual arousal. <sighs> and he said that in the event that you become hard, hard, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable saying this right now. You have to just throw it out uh, there. Yeah. So when you get a boner, um, <laughs> there you go. The best way to do it. Or the best way to do the best way to get a boner. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the best way to control yourself in those moments to not make it so obvious is to carry a spoon, like a literal spoon that you would use to eat Cheerios, <laughs> or or whatever. To uh, you would take it out of your back pocket, and this is the words that I remember hearing him say: "Is whip it out and beat it down." <laughs> Um, which, by the way, if you start hitting your boner with a spoon, it's a really effective way to get rid of a boner. <laughs> Have you ever tried that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
orgasms. So you know from personal experience, it's a great way to get rid of one. <laughs> Holy cow. I'm so embarrassed right now, dude. Oh, my God. It's yeah. Okay. You were just following. No, I was. What, I'm what crying you right were now. taught in priesthood meeting. You were being good. <laughs> Oh, the funniest thing. Oh, my gosh. My little brother brought up, wrote a poem about it. I need to find it. And I was... What, so... Your little brother and his his friend, his right? His friends. Yeah, like... Uh, they wrote a I poem. I remember hearing this poem. The funniest like, oh, poem I need to, ever. I need to get it. I need to you get do. a hold of it. Um, but basically... <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that was something that was taught over the pulpit um, to kind of, and <laughs> obviously looking back on it, I just like sit and laugh because it's just so ridiculously crazy to right. think that, right? Um, and so I know that was kind of a tangent, but I do want to get back to like your perception of what was taught to you in the realm of like, you know, modesty and what it means to be a good, decent wife and woman in this group. So I want to get your perspective. Right. Um, so starting with the modesty, I mean, my parents were pretty like strict on modesty as far as it went. Like I couldn't really wear anything above the knees. Uh, no tank tops of any type. They couldn't be low cut shirts. Um, they weren't as strict as like my mom's sister was. My mom's sister was really strict with her kids, like okay. really strict. So I remember um, I played softball all my life, mm -hmm. and one of the uniforms one year was Razorback tank tops. Um, oh, so it showed your sh it showed, it showed your my sh shoulder blades. It showed your shoulder. It's completely. I mean, it was How a thick tank top, right? But I just. Oh my gosh! I know. Whoa. And shorts. And so the shorts were pretty short and like, thank goodness now softball finally got smart and puts all their girls in pants and like longer tees and stuff yeah, to you're get beat up. Yeah, you yeah. get totally trashed. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I had to be cute, right? <laughs> in softball. <laughs> so I brought home the, the jersey and tried it on and my dad just kind of threw a fit. He was just like, no, you're not wearing this. Like, all the girls are wearing it. This is what we're wearing. Well, you need to wear something underneath of it. If it's hot outside, Dad, I'm not wearing something underneath of it. Like, that's just stupid. If it's cold, yes, I'll put on a thermal and I'll wear, you know, like, mm -hmm. obviously that's what we're going to do. Like an Under Armour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shorts, I'm going to wear sliding shorts underneath of these shorts, right? Um, so even if they ride up, my sliding shorts won't. Mm -hmm. And they're long shorts anyway. Yeah. So he was just not, not happy it. about it at all. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? I like, I'm not, I don't care. Like, yeah. I was a brat. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care what you say. I'm going to wear this whether uh -huh. you like it or not. And it's not that bad. Okay. You know, it's just my shoulder blades. Yeah. And I went on the whole thing of, oh, well, if your shoulder blades are open, then you got more range of motion, la, da, da, you know, like oh, going yeah, on all using, that. You're using biomechanics and kinesiology <laughs> to convince your dad about the modesty of the, of the yes. garment you were wearing. Exactly. But then a girl from the group, too, that was on my team, you know, I think her parents had the same issue, but she always wore like a T-shirt underneath of it. Gotcha. And she never grew out of that. Like mm -hmm. even throughout high school and stuff, she always had a T-shirt, like a long sleeve T-shirt underneath of it. Um, so that was just, she felt comfortable in it and all right, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just, and then I started wearing a lot more. I went, well, I was a grubby kid. I was one of the boys 
Um, I hated jeans. And so, like, I got screwed over because leggings and stuff weren't in fashion. Yeah. So all they had was, like, these ugly bell-bottom capris. Yeah. And I got to wear those because I hated jeans. Like, I'm a princess in the pea when it comes to comfort. And <laughs> So jeans just... were definitely, like, the go-to for yeah. every kid. Yeah. I went through feels like a hundred different pairs of jeans between the ages seven and 12. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I was like super grubby. One of the boys um, played football with the boys all the time. We didn't play touch football. We played tackle football. Oh yeah. No, we can have, honestly, we can have a whole podcast about Pines Academy stories. Oh yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So like I never really cared about looking cute or my fashion all that much until I got into high school. And there was like the first time a boy thought I was cute. And so I was like, oh, well, somebody finally thinks I'm cute. So attention, I'm going to play. I'm going to dress a little bit more provocatively to get more attention, maybe. Mm -hmm. And my dressing provocatively was like, I'm not going to wear a long sleeve T-shirt underneath my short sleeve (laughs) T-shirt. Exactly. And you're like, wow, look at my upper arm. (laughs) Maybe maybe I could get a little bit lower cut, like a little V-neck shirt instead of like a scoop neck shirt. Oh, so you exposed your collarbones. Yep. You Um, slut. I know. (laughs) I was such a slut, my goodness. (laughs) So, um, and my sister, you know, she was a lot more conservative than I was as far as like dressing and, you know, with, with religion and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah, i was yeah. more of a free spirit and okay. my parents didn't know how to really control me as well like with okay. natalie they're like oh yeah well you're doing this and she's like okay daddy okay mom you know like sure. i might not like it but mm-hmm. i'm gonna be a good kid yeah, yeah and i was like i don't freaking care what you think yeah. i'm gonna do what i want to do <laughs> a rebellious streak about you oh uh, yeah my poor parents um but <laughs> So I started wearing a shorter like dresses and shorts and stuff like that. And Natalie was just like, how come you're letting her get away with that? That's not fair. You wouldn't have ever let me dress like that. And they're like, well, you never wanted to dress like that either. So I don't know. And (laughs) my littlest sister, Libby, she was was the cutest thing. She was little. Mm -hmm. And I um, would wear these short shorts all the time. Like they were really short. Sure. And, um, and she's like, well, mom doesn't like you. I'm like, oh, yeah? Why is that? Why doesn't mom like me? Because you're not modelist. <laughs> That's the way she put it, modelist. So modest. Instead of modest. I'm like, oh, yeah, because you just wear shorts around all the time that you're are not too modelist. small. <laughs> it's well, like, oh. You know, if everyone was the most modelist, yeah. we'd be wearing like, you know, basically like a ghost halloween like a traditional ghost halloween costume i know but it's the funny thing is like yeah i get that the way you dress is going to attract a certain amount of attention right so if i want to look professional i'm going to dress in slacks or or like you know a black skirt with a button-up shirt you know you you look the part so i mean if I wanted to look like a slut, then I'm going to get the attention of a slut, you know, and it's... I mean, yeah. So you have to realize what you're putting out there, but also, like, teach your kids, like, just because they're dressed that way doesn't mean you teach them that you treat them that way. Yeah, and by the way, this is not advocating for any sort of slut shaming. Yeah, no, 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 not not at all. It's, yeah, the perception of what you and I grew up with was... Like, if you expose your upper arm, then it's like, whoa, whoa, uh-huh. whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you showed your knees. Oh, my mm. goodness. Those boys, you're going to get raped. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
You said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, no. I will it, always advocate on this podcast that I take responsibility for everything that I say, not my guests. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know, this is all just uh, not serious. Okay, yeah. Well, serious twinges of, yeah, okay. No, I, I mean, gotcha. if you actually knew me, you'd never take me seriously, like, ever, so. Okay. <laughs> Some people might be like, oh my gosh, you know, this woman's there's, horrible. There's, there's people who just barely turned off this podcast. This episode. Oh, definitely. <laughs> They're like, bitch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. So, okay. So when you were going to like Sunday school and stuff, mm-hmm. they obviously like talked about that kind of thing with, with the young women and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they talk about that. Like, you know, it's basically, you know, don't expose yourself because boys are dirty minds, like mm-hmm. blaming it. Like it's our fault. Oh, which that's is just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous it's that, so like, dumb yeah that is because you know like in the amish culture a girl pulls up her shows her ankle and oh my gosh all those boys are freaking out yeah you they know? have to get all their wooden spoons they have to get out their wooden <laughs> spoons you know it's so they're gonna i mean everybody's got a sexual mind right and most and of them yeah most men have a more highly sexual mind than women do right visually I okay. Think, yeah. I yeah. Can, I, can I think men. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Men are more vi- sexually visual. Okay. Visual. I don't know. That's something like whatever. But I'm gonna take your expert opinion on that. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm. I'm like. <laughs> I'm super a big expert in this. <laughs> so I think it was taught like you know just be careful of what you wear so that you don't tempt young minds to get their wooden spoons out type of a thing. <laughs> um, and it wasn't ever taught like. I don't know. I feel like the boys definitely needed. I don't know if you ever got the talk of like, doesn't matter what they're wearing, uh, you still treat them with respect. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter what they say, you still treat them with respect. No, that was definitely something that I think was very, very common across all of the families and all of the you know cousins and, and all that stuff growing up. I never, I was never um, under the impression that I can just do whatever I wanted right um in fact it was the exact opposite like i felt a lot of shame about my you know at least when you know on the cusp of of puberty right like that was something that i i was so shameful of everything about it like we were basically like effectively taught that if you have these and this is a quote like adulterous thoughts Mm -hmm. god knows he right. knows when you're masturbating. He knows when you get a boner. He knows when you're not carrying your wooden spoon. Right. <laughs> like, you know, it's it was one of those things that I was so, so shameful that, to be completely honest and frank, like still kind of affects me today. Uh-huh. You know, and that's something that is not good. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think because I, sex, I mean, I know in the Catholic Church, sex is, before marriage is like a huge no-no. Um, yeah. Definitely If you're a devout here, Catholic anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, definitely here it's that way. Um, yeah, exactly. far, It's kind of like one of those things you just don't really talk about. I'm sure my parents had the birds and the bees talk with me, but I don't ever remember it. <laughs> and so, like, I didn't know anything until I went to Corvallis, you know, evil uh, Corvallis. The public um, school. Yeah, the public school system. Well, I mean, their mascot is the blue devil. I know, exactly. I can't believe our parents Dude, did you know there. that there is a bunch of people in up here in Pinesdale that advocated for a name change for the mascot? Are you serious? I'm not kidding. Oh, my Back gosh. in the day. I think it was when, um, like, our parents were in high school. Huh. Yeah. Ugh. How ridiculous is that? That is ridiculous. So dumb. It is dumb. Anyway. Um, yeah. 
So, so you went down to Corvallis and 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 kind of like learned things from my friends and my teammates and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's what that is. That locker oh. room talk. You know, yeah, the <laughs> girls' locker room talk. <laughs> girls tell each other everything. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Um, like I was super sweet and innocent. I didn't know any of that. And I didn't know, I didn't really care to know that until I got a boyfriend. And then, and then, and then things the started to change for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get into it, I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, so you got a boyfriend. Okay. So I'll start how we met and go on through. So the how way. old were you? So I was. 14 at the time that we met and he gotcha. is four years older than me gotcha so um let's see he really liked one of my friends and another one of my friends really liked him like was it the same it wasn't the same it kid. wasn't the same friend it was like I, a little love triangle thing that oh. i was just kind of put in the middle of so you were kind of like the the mediator yeah i was the mediator. yeah that's exactly what it was <laughs> okay. um so he had come up to we were at uh we call it nonference now but it was conference up here the the twice a year get together yeah like the, with the barbecue and, and all shindig. that kind of stuff shindig kind of stuff yeah, yeah. um so and he came up and I had never really seen him before. I knew of him because he was my brother's friend, but we never really, like, he was never really over. They just he's went from hunting Utah. and stuff. No, he's from here. Okay. Yeah, he's from Pinesdale, and he grew up here. Um, but so he came over, and I was talking with the friend that really likes him. Oh, no, both of the, the two friends that were involved in it. Mm -hmm. We were sitting there talking, and he came over and was like, hey, I'm playing volleyball over at my house later today. You guys should come. Okay. And so the one that liked him was like, oh, my gosh, we have to go. <laughs> and then the other one was like, oh, I don't want to go. He just loves me so much. You know? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God. I just can't. I just can't go. I'm like, we're going to go. And we're going to go for her because we need to get him to stop liking you and start liking her. Dude. Right? That. Dude, young women are like the mafia. <laughs> Dude, yeah, know, right? it's just like... we're like sneaky and yeah, man, and manipulative. Yeah, <laughs> like dudes are just straight out. Like, hey, fuck you, man, and, and they're like, fuck you. All right, let's be best friends. Yeah, no, yeah, a mutual hatred for each other is usually the start of a beautiful friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where women is just like, oh my god, I love your shoes. What a bitch. Yeah, very catty for sure. Okay, so you guys, you did, did you decide to go play volleyball? So yeah, so okay. we went and played volleyball, and I stayed probably the longest um the girl that he was really liking just left like oh i'm over this this is dumb he just keeps looking at me and i was like oh my gosh yeah he's so in love with you <laughs> okay so at this time sorry for interrupting again but were you how how were your feelings towards him in this moment i was completely neutral okay, like gotcha. i was just like whatever he seems cool yeah. like so they gave me his number and he ended up getting my number to like talk to me about um all three of them we'll say subject one okay <laughs> was the one that he liked and number two was the one so she liked him i, I track I follow. so um he would like talk to me about number one all the time and i was like you know she doesn't like you she's never gonna like you but number two really likes you she's super cute and fun oh like she's a good girl you should go for her and so like he finally stopped liking number one and he ended up starting liking me, but I was like, no. And he never really said that, uh, but I was just like, no, you need to like number two. Like we're gonna go for a movie and I'm taking her with me and she's gonna sit by you. 
And he's like, oh, fine. So I'm like, here's her number. Text her. And so, so you went down to the theater to watch a movie. Yeah. Okay. So we went down to the theater and I forced her to sit by him because she was like, I don't know. You should just sit by him. I was like, no, you like him. You want her <laughs> to like you. There's so many people that are watching this or listening to this that are just like, oh, dear God. I remember being that age. <laughs> yeah. Just how it was just the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah. So at this time we were 15, I should say. Well, uh, she was probably... 16 i was 15 because okay. i was the young one gotcha the group um and so it just kind of like turned it like he would text her and she would just wouldn't give responses back and mm-hmm. um so he was just like she's not giving me anything and then i started going over to his house a lot more like hey let's go play volleyball and she's like no you just go so i would go and mm-hmm. then you know so he and i ended up doing a lot more things together yeah. I'd go over and borrow movies and we'd just sit and talk for forever oh, and no. then i was like oh shit i like him and he oh. likes me how am i gonna break the news to number one or number two because like she was my best friend at the time too yeah. and i just felt horrible like i could that i did that to her and it was just like it it broke everything but so like you, i okay so you and we, number two number two still, like, like, it's still kind of a point uh, of contention no, for you guys we don't talk hardly anymore i think we just don't have a lot of things in common anymore okay. but it definitely like we were best friends and that gotcha totally shattered it which i understand mm-hmm. from her side gotcha um so i told her i'm like um just so you know like jason and i are dating and she's like that was all she didn't say anything oh, no. and i was just like oh my gosh i don't know uh, but you gotta go with you gotta go uh, with what your heart says yeah. right you gotta go <laughs> so for it jason and i started like he went and asked my dad about me my dad wasn't like he didn't like the idea because when i was 15 like what father would like the idea of he some was, he was 19 okay yeah so it's like that's well, definitely a point of concern for yeah, a father i would say right and so he's like well he's a good kid i know him and you know and um like my older sister got married when she was 17 okay um her husband's only two years older than him, than her though so like he this is kind of his second time around but i was younger so he's just like well he's a good kid so he took him up on the mountain, like, got his guns out and stuff, like, let's go shooting. Oh, <laughs> and my. we can talk. That's to- <laughs> awesome. You know? And so Jason was like, oh, my gosh, I might die. <laughs> you think he's going to get a bullet in his head or his hand or something like that? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's something that, uh, you know, I I don't think I'll ever do that if I have a daughter. I don't think right. I'd ever, if I were to still be in the group. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, that's what I would do, right? Because that was kind of just like that's just kind of what you do, you, you know. And you think them. about like you know, there's probably a conversation that was had between like the men that are our dad's age, uh-huh. right? Of like, you know, there's like, well, I mean, yeah, your daughter's like seeing this kid. Are you gonna do the thing, right? And they all know what they're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. okay, yeah. So, so they went up on the mountain and to go shooting, and he's like, well, you know. Rulin, I really want to ask you if I can start dating your daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, I don't like it. She's 15, you know. He's like, I know. He's like, so I don't know how to say no to you, but I don't want you guys really dating. You can hang out in groups. You can technically be dating, but you don't get any one-on-one time. Okay. You don't get a kiss. You don't get a hold hands you can hug every now and then so but... basically like hey you guys are going to be really good friends from here yeah, on out until exactly. she's older okay yeah 
And so he's like, sweet, comes back. Like, I just asked your dad. And, mm-hmm. you know, he gave the okay. And my dad and my dad came back. He's just like, so Jason came over. I had the talk with him. You guys aren't allowed anyone. You know, told me the same story. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, whatever. Psh. Like that's gonna happen. <laughs> so you had your rebellious streak. You're still running strong, right? Okay. So we started hanging out, and um, you know, and then we kissed for the first time, and Uh-oh. it was basically like making out for the because it's like we were wrestling, and then I ended up on top of him, and I was like, I don't know how to do this, and he's like, Yeah, we probably shouldn't. I'm like, Okay, and then he just pulls me down and starts kissing me, and I was like, Oh, oh yes. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay, maybe we should stop there. <laughs> oh, we've been That's for an hour. Uh, well, I'll uh, give you some time uh, to go cool off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, you know, we started getting a lot closer. Um, and By the way, you have full exploring. veto right if you do not want this episode published. <laughs> Everybody knows the story. <laughs> okay. Like everybody. <laughs> so I don't really care. I'm not ashamed of it either. All right. So. Okay. Sweet. I'm um, in. So, yeah. And then we ended up sleeping together. Okay. Right. And I wrote it down in my journal and I started acting a little bit different. So my mom's like, what's what's going on? And I was. Mom's I was just, no. Mom's yeah. no. So she rooted through my room and found my journal. Uh-oh. And like. Her and my dad took me for a, a walk and it's like, we need to talk. Are you and Jason, you know, kissing and stuff? I'm like, denied everything. Like, what kid's going to tell their friends? Yeah, I'm so sorry, mommy. I just love him so much. Oh, no. Okay. So I was a I'm squirming shit. in my seat, by the way. This is, uh, all right, let's do it. Oh, yeah, buckle in. Yeah, okay, I'm in. And so they're like, uh Whitney, are you telling the truth? I'm like, yeah, I am. I promise. I wouldn't lie to you. Oh, and then they pull out the diary. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so hold on. I got so pissed. Okay, so what compelled you to write it in your journal? You know, I started journaling like a few months. I had always like journaled on and off. Yeah. And then like I just picked it back up okay. when I started dating Jason and um i don't know you wanted to keep your memories and thoughts for your posterity oh, right or just i don't know it was i i didn't keep a journal after that <laughs> i didn't want to get now, more trouble you, even now you don't keep a journal because yeah. just because you don't want your mom to see exactly i mean maybe jason will root through my room <laughs> and another, find my you, stuff you like you have one kid with one on the way <laughs> there's no way mom's getting my journal now exactly <laughs> uh, uh, no she'd still root through my room and find it if she yeah. thought something was off sure but um so they pulled it out and i'm like how dare you and i freaked oh, out no. and like got out of the car like took the journal got out of the car and started like running and my dad chases me down and i'm just ripping this thing up all over pine Stelt. we're just walking around <laughs> and i'm ripping it up and he's like do you really want to do that? I'm like, yeah, I don't ever want to read these words again. And I don't want anybody to ever read these words. You know, that's kind of a, a really great analogy of you, like ripping up your journal and your thoughts, and, like throwing them all over Pinesdale, because that was like before Twitter was a thing. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, probably some kid walks up, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> some random seven-year-old. Whoa, that's mom, an interesting look, tweet. Look what, I, look what I found. He brings it home during the dinner table. So I found this. I found some treasure, mom. Go grab the wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're in the drawer. <laughs> They're in the drawer. Mm. Grab me a big spoon so I can smack your butt. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, 
so yeah I was pissed my dad just like well don't don't rip it up maybe you're gonna regret this someday I'm like no I regret writing it down like I'm never gonna regret ripping this thing up and okay, so they so were just really just kind of thrown off they didn't know what to do I mean legally that's statutory rape right um okay so that's a whole legal boat there and my dad didn't want to press charges because he knew jason was a good kid mm -hmm. and it wasn't it was definitely consensual yeah you know there was no pressure or anything like yeah. that and they knew me and knew that i was a very free spirit and that i didn't have strong thoughts about sex before marriage okay and i was already kind of going to go down that road anyway you're on the path i was on the path regardless if jason came into it or not um i hope your so. husband's okay with you telling the story by the way um yeah get back to me okay okay i will i'll, I'll tell him i think i mean he would probably he'd be fine with it as far as because i'm not super angry about it i'm not angry about any of this mm -hmm. and i've kind of bygones we've got bygones and just that's just okay it's just a story yeah yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> you know? yeah of course but I'll, I'll get back to you okay yeah for sure um this might be one of those like exclusive episodes right okay, okay. <laughs> people have to pay you oh to... <laughs> yes exactly so no don't publish it. <laughs> i want that money anyway um so like they were thrown off like this is i was our first kind of reb i'm, I'm number three or four i'm number four so, you lost track for a second there. That was yeah, amazing. I know. I know. It's weird. Three, four, weird. five. I oh, can't remember. I, 17. Which, dang it. I don't know. Okay. So you're um, fourth oldest. Yep. I'm the fourth oldest. And so they didn't, like, all my siblings above me were were good. They never really got into trouble. My older brother, the one right above me, he kind of got into some trouble, but he was always super honest and just mm -hmm. would tell him. And so that was a big difference between him and I. Is like he was open and honest, and I was very, like, I'm lying until I get caught. <laughs> you are like really gunning for asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so like, I don't know what to do. Um, so they had, we had to sit down with my grandpa who was on the council at the time. Whew. Yeah. What was and, that like? Uh, it was, so we go down to my grandma's basement. Of course they put it in the basement, like the sketchiest like down these ominous stairs you walk down in this dark house? yeah dark lit okay. room and my grandpa's just sitting there and like he's and i never really like i love my grandpa but i never really got along with him because i didn't really know him yeah you know so it was just kind he's of a busy like guy. He's, he's a busy a, guy yeah he, it's just like uh, well, so the way that you're grandpa. describing this i'm just like letting you into like what i'm like thinking in my mind i think of your grandpa and what i know of your grandpa uh -huh. kind of like being in the i imagine it as like the the prancing pony scene from the first Lord of the Rings where okay. he's, he's like Aragorn with yeah, like the hood in the corner. That's exactly what it felt like. He's just <laughs> this very because ominous like, figure. Yeah. Just like ends up being like a pretty decent person in the end, but also uh -huh. like super scary for it's, you as yeah. a 15 year old, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So super scary because <laughs> so me and my parents went down first and we're sitting there and my grandma's there. My grandpa's just quietly in the corner, you know, just... And we're just kind of making small talk. And I'm pissed that I'm there. Yeah. And then Jason comes in with his parents <gasps> down the stairs. And you I'm like. You had a whole meeting. Yeah. We had an actual meeting. Oh and my. so, like, um, my dad obviously cued my grandpa in before. Yep. And so he just kind of, I think we started off with a prayer, honestly. Mm -hmm. And. Customary. Yeah. Customary. And then he was just like. Well, this type of thing happens a lot, obviously. 
um, it's not a good thing. What you did was very wrong, and it's a sin kind of next to murder because you took somebody's virginity and you can never give it back. So that was his analogy. It's just like... He compared... Wait, hold on. So I want to make sure that I understand this correctly. So your grandpa mentioned, or mentioned, he likened you and your a future husband sleeping together for the first time at almost as bad as murder yeah it was like uh, yeah. and Whoa. and i don't know if he meant it that harsh i think you know it was more like well if you murder someone obviously you take their life you can never give their life back so so his level we of analogy murdered was like taking away something yeah okay so he, yeah so as a kid i was okay. just like are you kidding me i did not that's not a big enough sin next time you know like i blew it completely out of proportion i think you know he didn't mean it that way but that's the way it came across for well, sure i mean that's kind of it doesn't really matter what he was trying to get at for right. you, right? For, right. I mean, yeah, we can, in retrospect, like dive in deeper to what he said and like, uh -huh. okay, derive some sort of meaning from what he was actually trying to get at, you know, right. the taking away analogy. But when you're a 15-year-old kid and your grandpa says, yeah, you having sex for the first time and losing your virginity is basically murder. Yeah. That doesn't ring true uh -huh. because... <laughs> I just like, I didn't a kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, a 15-year-old brain doesn't think of it that way. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So he's like, um, you know, so... And I don't want you guys taking the sacrament anymore. What? Yeah, so we weren't allowed to take the sacrament. My mom had a hard time with that. She was just... But, you know, you don't you don't question Grandpa mm -hmm. right in that moment. You mm -hmm. wait till later and then yeah. you can question him. Um so it was just like, yeah, you don't get to take sacrament. Because basically we were committed a sin and we weren't worthy to take the sacrament. Gotcha. So, because it's like the body of Christ, we're not worthy to take that. Got it. And so I had a big stink about that, but I was like, I don't really care because I'm not really into that much. So it was more of like you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Did it seem like you or your grandpa saying, yeah, I don't want you taking the sacrament anymore. Do you felt like that was like salt in the wound? Yeah, okay. I think it, it was. Even though you didn't really care to take the sacrament that much? Right. Oh, it was just okay. kind of okay. like, I'm just, I'm that bad. Uh, you know, like I thought that was for sinners to begin with. You know, like, you know, Jesus died to take our sins away or like help pay for our sins. And so it's like, isn't that the whole point of Jesus is to when we screw up we ask for forgiveness right and that's a way of doing it um so he was like no you can't take sacrament you guys have to do certain things to build back up and once we feel like you guys have repented basically then you can take the sacrament again okay so and, what was that process what was the process um, of like getting back to a point of repentance i can basically go in a church and Just go to all the meetings yeah go to all the meetings and it was kind of like up to my parents and to me or and to jason and his parents is of you know it's like that's more upon yourself to if you feel like you've repented then maybe mm. you can do that okay um but like i didn't really it was just kind of like fine well, i'm not gonna take it ever again and i don't think i've taken it since really yeah since then uh -huh. since you were 15 and you're yeah. putting the kibosh on it yeah Whoa. so um i was just like fine whatever okay. i don't really care um and then he's like well the way we used to do it you know back in john ray days and and all, all sketchiness you know yeah. it's when a young girl kind of gets into some trouble you just marry her off or or so it's like so he's just like well you guys have to get married now so oh, okay. jason and i were engaged 
he was 19 I was 15 and like my parents were just kind of like not really comfortable with it but that's what grandpa says and you know he's on the council he knows the best well, he just goes right yeah and so they were having a hard time with it so we went through the process of jason actually proposing to me and like getting all excited Did setting a date yeah. like i started going shopping for you know because we were going to live in his p- grandparents basement so we had already picked out a place we i mean at this point we still weren't didn't have much contact because we couldn't contact each other and that was part of the stipulations as well yeah. then right okay yeah um, like no one-on-one time whatsoever. Even though you were going to get married in yeah, any way. Even though we were going to get married. What the- so it was really weird. Um, but finally, um, my parents were just like, no, I'm not comfortable with this. Not, she's not getting married. Oh, so they, oh, they sat- were uncomfortable with you getting married yeah. at that age. Oh, okay. So okay. they sat me down and like, just so you know, we, we called Jason and his parents over here and you, you're not, you guys aren't getting married. Like that's not happening. And I was just like, are you kidding me? You're flip-flopping so much. Like, make mm-hmm. up your damn mind, yeah, that yeah, I was yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was pretty bugged because I had all these plans of, like, getting really excited. Sure. And I had just bought, like, dishes that day and to put in my new little <laughs> home and stuff. Mom, what do you mean I can't get married? I've bought dishes. <laughs> I'm so committed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm domesticated, um, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> so they brought him over and said, you know, you guys can't get married. Um, and we don't want you seeing or talk to, to each other for six months. Like if you guys actually love each other and actually want to get married someday, oh. we don't want you talking or seeing Prove each other. Prove your worth. Prove it. Mm. And so... Um, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? You can't tell that to a young girl yeah. and boy who's been spending every day together. Sleeping together. S- well, we, we only slept together once. It would just happen that one time. Okay, it just okay. happened the one gotcha. time. Gotcha. Um, and so I was just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So of course that didn't work out. I think we went like two weeks of not talking to each other. <laughs> and I'm like, well, can I sit by him next to- in church? You know, like, oh, do I get to go were, to church? You were and- making deals. Yeah. And, and they're like, do- nope, nope. And I'm like, well, it's my birthday coming up. Can I please sit by him in church? And they're like, no. And <laughs> so, oh, so funny. I mean, we snuck out and saw each other and we talked to each other yeah. and um, we got caught. <laughs> And so my parents were just like, okay, well, that didn't work. And you obviously were lying to us again. Uh, um, and now, like, he's not respecting our wishes. So now he's blacklisted, basically. Okay. And they're like, well, now we didn't press charges on the statutory rape. But if you're going to keep doing this, then, then we might were... have to. So oh. they got a restraining order against him because they do not want him coming around. I'm so glad that I have you on because this story is like, (laughs) oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I know, I remember all of this stuff happening. Uh Like I remember you getting engaged when we were in high school and like Uh how crazy that was. And I definitely want to like touch on that in a second. But, but I remember all this stuff and I just, oh. (laughs) Oh, the nitty gritty details of it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they put a restraining order against him. Okay, so you're, okay, so... Just so I'm tracking, and sorry if I'm interrupting again. That's um, okay. So your council member grandfather mm-hmm. said, get married. Right. But your parents weren't comfortable because you were so young. Uh-huh. So put the kibosh for six months. Yep. That lasted two weeks. Yep. <laughs> and then now, since you were caught, you got caught lying, mm-hmm. they said, well, that thing that happened a while ago that we said we weren't going to do, we're going to do now. 
yeah if it keeps going down the way like they're like we still don't want to press charges obviously because that would ruin his life he'd sure. yeah. become a registered sex offender and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. they're like they knew it was a huge deal and gotcha. that he didn't really deserve it okay. um but the way like we kept sneaking around and stuff they were like okay maybe this kid's not as good as we think he is and mm-hmm. our daughter is not listening so they put a restraining order on him like don't you can't come around anymore and that created a big huge like that created a shit storm Mm -hmm. because now he now everybody in the group knew Mm -hmm. that this kid had a restraining order against a girl Mm -hmm. and so everybody thought he was a predator and so he got kicked out he went to church one day and they were waiting for him and they kicked him out they're like nope you do not get to be here they asked him to leave and so since then like he's like well fuck you guys (laughs) i'm not going to church you're not getting my tithing Mm -hmm. and at the time you know he was actually making pretty good money and he was very generous with his money Mm -hmm. um and so that was a really hard hit on his whole family too because they're like he's not a bad kid no no i've never i've never ever assumed that about your husband ever yeah and so he got the whole label of that and my uncle um like was pissed he was so pissed he ripped down their driveway can't like had his guns ablazing basically and like you come out here you piece of shit and like haunt like he's gonna about ready to murder him um because we had slept together well, um, and because of all the thing all the thing all the details that they didn't really know but Mm -hmm. had just kind of like yeah. The, the rumor so from mill, an outside perspective, yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, looking back, it's like, hell no, I wouldn't want my 15-year-old girl with a 19-year-old no, boy. It's, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, so all of that happened, and um, he got kicked out of church, and he was riding his dirt bike around one day, too, and somebody had called it in, and one of the Pinesdale police went up and stopped him and said, you can't ride in Pinesdale. And he's like, why? I'm not anywhere near her house. And they're like, well, no, I'm pretty sure that they have ordinances against you. Like, you can't even go to the church or anything like that anymore. So I don't know if that was actually true or if he was just trying to pull his big guns out. So, like, Jason's just like, are you kidding me? What the hell is going on? Okay, gotcha. Um, So we kind of stopped talking during that time. It seemed like it was a very stressful time for both you and him. Yeah. I mean, when you have someone, like, tearing down your driveway you know yeah. calling you out literally to come out to the driveway and you know have a tussle uh-huh that would be terrifying right what? i would never want that yeah hell, hell no yeah, yeah yeah so um so i mean he got the whole rap of of being a predator and i kind of got the rap of like some people looked at me like oh my gosh she's a slut and other people were just like oh this poor innocent victim type of a thing was it just those two or were there any sort of there really wasn't any in between i mean the close people i knew like my friends and stuff obviously you know didn't look at it that way um but from an outside perspective like i remember going i had put a vol because i was on the volleyball team i put a volleyball poster up Mm -hmm. in the um in the post office and i came back the next day and my face was like poked out Oh my yeah. god. So it was just like that was a low blow. Like I'm not am I that bad? Like what's you, so I don't know if it could have been like uh, one of his family members that was pissed off that okay. my family was doing that to his family, or if it could have just been I don't it know. It could have been anything. It could have been no, anything. Knowing what I know about this 
lovely, amazing little town of ours. Right. Like, I mean, it could is... have been number two to be honest. Bitch, no. <laughs> you took him away from me. So I don't think she would do that. But I mean, you just never know. So it's like yeah. that sucked too. Um, so it was really hard, and then trying to live up to the, like going to church and trying to pay my penance as far as like okay, I'm gonna be on the up and up. I don't want this name anymore. Were you and, ta- were you, and you weren't able to take the sacrament? No, at that time. because I I had refused it. My dad had served the sacrament. He actually like had a hard time passing me up, you know, because he had you have to offer it, right? Yeah. And I have to say no, and like he offered it, and I had to say no, and he had like started Whoa. crying a little so that bit. That was tough for your dad. It then. was really tough for my oh, parents. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, a pers- that's a perspective that is is very interesting. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't want any of that for me or for him really either. And you know, and seeing that their little girl basically committed murder, you know, <laughs> in, in the words of this council member, right? Okay. Yeah. So um, it was hard for them watching my transition as far as being really happy and upbeat and to okay. being really depressed gotcha and like my mom thought i might have got like she was like i'm worried she's gonna go suicidal which i never got to that point but i was like you're obviously depressed i was super you, depressed so never and i was considered that no i okay. never considered that and i was writing like really dark songs and or poems and like drawing these dark pictures so you're a teenager i was a teenager yeah going through this stressful time okay. where the my the love of my life you know is basically you know it's like being flip-flopped is like ping pong like going back and forth like you're gonna marry him no you're not gonna marry him now you can't see him but you can see him but no you know it was just like oh my gosh yeah, that's tough. and i just needed consistency but to be fair like my parents had no idea what to do they were just trying their very best and they didn't know what the best was yeah um, but yeah, so I was taking and, you know, going to church and trying to be better and going to all the youth activities and stuff. And one day in church, like one of his friends at the time, he, like they kind of started having a falling out, but he was passing the sacrament and he got to me and he didn't even offer it to me. He just skipped right so over me. So you're a future so, husband's friend. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about, but, um. So he didn't even offer it to you. He didn't even offer it to me, which is like, uh, dude, you're supposed to offer it to me and I'm supposed to say no. But he like kind of gave me the biggest stink eye and just passed right Really looked down his me. nose at you and stuff? Yeah. Okay. And okay. I was like, oh. No. And this is one of those moments where I want that context button because yeah. there's, there's definitely like a set protocol to mm-hmm. passing the sacrament. So only men yep. in the way that we grew up are allowed to quote unquote possess or be ordained in the priesthood and only priesthood holders can pass the sacrament during Sunday meetings. And so, um, it's the same, it's our interpretation of communion. Um, yeah. and that the protocol is essentially like you, it's, it's always homemade bread mm-hmm. and it's always really high quality too. It's really it's good, really, isn't it? It's, it's good so bread. good. It's good bread. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, instead of wine, we use water mm-hmm. to kind of take place of that. And so, we say the the blessings and stuff. I, I feel like I remember them. I couldn't quote them from heart anymore. But basically, we, you know, they bless them. They're the priesthood holders. Uh, whoever is passing the sacrament blesses the bread and water. Well, the bread first, right? Yeah. It's yeah, the, the bread, bread first and then, the and then the water. Yeah. So the bread first, and then they come around on these really ornate plates, mm-hmm. and it's just basically a pile of of bread crumbs or the small bits. Mm-hmm. And they go around, and the protocol is you offer, and then if the churchgoer 
is not feeling up to it or is, you know, not feeling worthy or whatever issue they have in their life, they have the ability to refuse. 99.9% of the time, everyone always takes it. Right. At least that's my perception. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. But um, so then when this, you know, your, your husband's friend, childhood friend didn't even offer it to you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that was something that was like, like right that. it was another like slap in the face yeah you know it's like you think you're so good but yet you're breaking protocol mm. to just skip me over you know and huh. so it's just like yeah what the hell sure. yeah 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 <laughs> um, it, seemed, it sounds like it was completely unnecessary yeah and um ever you know ever since that whole experience that re- that i think really turned me against any type of organized religion that's what i was going to get to is like and before we get there i want to go there with you for sure Mm -hmm. but what i want to kind of i don't want to leave this um and untied right so you were a 15 year old engaged woman yes so (laughs) girl let's say yeah yeah, i mean okay to be fair i did mature very very quickly okay i did not look like a 15 year old i probably and jason was a lot more immature for his age so like physically, are you physically, saying? Um, yeah, physical and mentally, I was a lot. Physically and mentally, I was not a 15-year-old. I mean, even though I was, people would perceive me more of 17. If, if someone didn't know who you were. Yeah. Okay, okay. So so you were a sophomore, junior? No. Uh, oh, sophomore. So, you, you it, sophomore it was sophomore in... through senior year. Okay. All of this happened. So what was that like being a married, or I'm sorry, an engaged 15 through 17-year-old going to a public school what was that like um so i actually wasn't engaged when school start well let me try because we got conferences happens in july right yep end of july end of july so that's when shit hit the fan about a few days later i was engaged and like a week or two after that i I wasn't anymore oh so it got called off yeah i got called off and i ended up giving back the ring because i was just like you know i don't feel right keeping this you know because I, when I want to, when I marry you, I want to do it right, and I want you to actually ask me. I don't want them to be forced into this because you know? of what was said in that meeting in the basement. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like obviously I love you and I'll marry you, but yeah. I want I want to do it right. This kind of take time, care so. of all, iron out all the other stuff that's going on, and and then it started. It sounds like it got escalated and then kind of died down, and then yeah. you were able to go. Okay, so for some reason I was under the impression that you were just a fifteen through seventeen year old girl, just kind of going about your high school life, being uh, engaged. Okay, no, no, okay, no. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. it got called off, and I and I gave back the ring and everything. Okay. I didn't have to give back the ring because it, like the deal was like if you can make it six months, then you guys can resume being engaged if mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So we broke, then the restraining order happened. And of course we ended up breaking that (laughs) because I mean, I got a job at the lab. And so I, I mean, I didn't have a phone or anything like that. I didn't, um, email was kind of new to me and I had a computer at my desk. And so I was able to just just email him. So we emailed back and forth and we ended up Was this your work email? Yeah. (gasps) And so we ended you up. You Hillary Clinton. I know. Oh, but her emails. <laughs> I know. But I, her emails. I can never run for presidency because oh, of no. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you ever decide to run for president, you're going to be fucked over because some other person is just going to scream about emails for seven months. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, you're screwed. Sorry. To, I don't mean to kill your dreams. But... Damn it. I was really hoping to be the first female president. Yeah. But... You know, it might take another little while. 
I think so. I think I can scrub those emails pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you so you're emailing at the lab and everything, and then you mentioned so you guys were like talking at this time and yeah, and... we were talking and um kind of during this time that we weren't talking, I was you know we were basically broken up and so I was kind of exploring other avenues as far as maybe dating somebody else. Oh really? Yeah, because this Whoa. guy, this other guy, really liked me, and so I kind of started hanging out with him mm-hmm. and. Um, he asked me if I could, if he could kiss me, and I was like, "No, sorry, dude." Oh. And then, like, I still. I'm glad that he asked. Yeah, he was very, very sweet. He was mm-hmm. really sweet. Um, and then we hung out one other time, and he's like, "You know, can I kiss you, please?" And I was like, "Well, you know, in the movies, when they kiss, and they either know or they don't know, or they they know like if it's gonna move forward or not." Yeah. I'm like, I guess we could try that. So I kissed him, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not going anywhere." You didn't feel the sparks. I didn't feel the sparks, and I'm like, "I'm really sorry," and um, and that. My mom wasn't happy about that because I was lying to her about that too, and yeah, I was I was a shit for sure. Um, you heard it here for her. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. My guest was a shit. Yeah. So like, I got my car taken away. I got like all sorts of things taken away. But then, and you're still living with your parents at this time. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then, Jason and I started talking again because like after that, you know, I don't know how long it was after that kiss. I was like, okay, well. I don't want to explore any other avenues. I want to, or yeah, I want to just be with him now. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking back and forth. Then we started going to lunch a couple times. Then we started, I started sneaking out of my room at night. Oh my and... God, dude. <laughs> Do, okay. So here's a question. Do you, <laughs> so you have a son? Yes. How old is your son? He is one and a half. Okay. So, <laughs> Do you and your husband like sneak away from your son just to kind of keep that spark alive from when like you guys were? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you kind of have to if you want. You I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, if I the digress. Kid's sleeping in the bed with you. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's funny. You want to go ride my motorcycle? Uh, you want to go eat an apple together? Yeah, I want to go eat an apple together. <laughs> want to get kicked out of the garden with me? <laughs> you want to not go to church? excuse me um so yeah we started i started sneaking out and i remember it was (laughs) it was winter and i it was jason's birthday actually his birthday is the 18th of december really personal information that we're exposing about your husband oh yeah do you want a social security number we'll we'll do that off the air Um, so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go surprise him. Right. So I am like, did you surprise him with an apple? (laughs) I snuck, (laughs) I snuck out. So I was in my parents' basement at the time and I had snuck out to like, I crawled up the little, you know, the gutter that they have to put in for fire safety. What is that called? The window well, basically. And like tracked out and there's snow and tracked out and like went up there and I got really kind of nervous and I saw a car coming up and I'm like oh shit so I just like I don't know what to do and I basically just laid down on this but next to the fence because I had nowhere to run or hide I'm like hopefully they're not so, paying attention so you, you thought the car that was coming up was your parents coming to catch you I didn't know who it was oh turns out it was Ari and she stops like Hello? I'm like, oh, hey. (laughs) And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
nothing because she was just coming home from like sweetheart dance or something and mm. saw me and she's like you know that was a horrible hiding spot i'm like i know i didn't know what <laughs> else called, to totally do called you <laughs> yeah out. she totally called That's me out and she's like do you need a ride back up there <laughs> you know i'm like yeah will you just drop me off at his driveway and she's like okay <laughs> now she's an accomplice i know um so then i never ended up going up to his room because i just got too nervous and oh. so I just left. But then another time I did sneak out and I was brave enough and I went up and <laughs> opened the upstairs door and like closed it. And I also hear the snoring on the couch. I'm like, oh shit. So I just like ducked down behind the couch that it's snoring. Somebody's snoring on this couch. I'm like, just like sitting there for like probably 30 minutes. Really? And oh my like, God. I don't know. Should I just leave? Do I go into his room? So I'm like, it's his brother snoring on the couch. And, you know, he's gonna get us in trouble yeah and so i'm like you know what i don't even i don't even care i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna act like i'm one of the boys and just like run into his room so i just like ran into his room and and surprised him and like we didn't do anything Mm -hmm. i think we made out but that was about it um so then like that continuously happened and then we had we did end up sleeping together again um and we so we're getting a lot closer and being pretty sneaky about it uh like nobody really knew and besides ari of course well well divulging all the information <laughs> with her and with me on this episode uh, yeah <laughs> i know sorry ari <laughs> um so sh- um let's see where so okay. so i decided to go to we, we made plans to go to lunch one day and we went down to Victor Crossing somewhere in there, Vic Bell, Victor Crossing, to have lunch. Okay. Just go be by the river. So we're just hanging out, having lunch, and then... Is this during the time of the um, restraining, restraining order. order? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're uh-huh. out in public. Yeah, so we're out in public now. Um, oh, dear God. Yeah, we weren't super smart. Anyway, so we're in, like, nobody was down there, um, and we're just hanging out, and just talking and all of a sudden jason's heart starts racing i'm like what and he looks out the window he's like it's your dad i'm like no freaking way my dad is not here why would he be here in the middle of the day the work day turns out he took my older brother and his friend to go fishing down at this spot oh that we were at that we were just like almost ready to leave and he shows up and he sees my car there and he sees Jason's truck there and he just comes and knocks on the window and Jason rolls it down and he's just like what the hell do you think you're doing Whitney get in your car and leave and I'm like no dad I'm not leaving we're gonna have a serious conversation Mm. and he's like you realize you're breaking the restraining order yeah and I'm gonna give you an hour jason you go turn yourself in otherwise i'm calling the cops and this whole thing's gonna start all over again and so jason is like okay so he went down to the police station in hamilton where the restraining order was filed and he went and talked to a few detectives and said i need to turn myself in because i broke the restraining order um it's kind of give the backstory. It's just like yeah. my girlfriend, but she was young at the time. Yeah. So he gave him all the backstory. Gave him all the backstory. And they're like, I don't see why this is a big deal, dude. Just go home. So they just, you know, he's like, just so don't do go. it again. They let him go. Whoa. 
And so I think my dad kind of got pissed that they let him go. So he yeah. ended up calling the Piney Cops. Oh. And they showed up and, like, at his house and put him in the back of the police car and, like, hauled, us, hauled him off to um, the town hall mm -hmm. and asked him a bunch of questions. Yeah about everything that had happened and you know he was very honest and then they brought me in and asked me a bunch of questions and then they gave me like this whole stupid religious speech it was like why are you giving me a religious speech this is about the law you know and they they hounded me for seriously i was there for like three hours and oh, it was really? like church Ooh. and okay so um, doesn't sound like the most pleasurable time. No, it wasn't. And at that time, I had wrote Jason a letter that nobody knew of. Nobody. I had not even my friends. Nobody knew. And I had given it to him like a day before that had happened. And so one of the officers, you know, like they do in interrogations, trying to pit each other against each other. And mm -hmm. he had brought up and he was like, well, Jason doesn't really love you. And he thinks that you have a sick, twisted way, um, thought of what love is. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're delusional. And he's like, no, he showed me the letter you gave him. And nobody knew about that. Whoa. And so I was just like are you freaking kidding me wow he actually doesn't love me you know wait he actually... so you started uh, interpreting th what they were saying as like yeah not loving you anymore really yeah because that's how they put it on too they were like he doesn't love you he's just a player he's just a predator he only wants one thing from you and you know and he proved it he said that you had a sick twisted thought of or of what love was mm -hmm. you know and he proved it and showed us the letter that you wrote him and so, you know, like, obviously nobody knew about that letter. So in that, in, in that letter, did you, like, say those words about, like... In that letter, I basically explained what I thought love was and why I loved him. Okay. Um, so it's kind of cute and Ugh. gross and disgusting. <laughs> and basically, you know, a girl writes, like, it's like Rachel and Ross. How Rachel writes, like, I've never 20 pages. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, I know. Well. I'm, I'm a sinful person. <laughs> I'm not allowed to take sacrament anymore. <laughs> no, and I will pass you up if I ever get it. <laughs> if you ever pass me sacrament, it's like, he's never seen Friends. <laughs> you don't get the no, option. <laughs> I, I never got into the show. I just, I, it didn't do anything for me. Oh, that's too bad. It's yeah. good. Well, that's what I hear. Yeah. So. Not going to watch it. Sorry. Anyway, we'll scratch that Rachel and Ross reference. I mean, um, I, I've heard enough about the show to understand what's going on. Yeah. Basically, she writes him a huge long letter of why she wants to get back together with him. And the only thing I know of that is like, we were on a break. Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And technically, you and your husband were on a break. Yeah. Yeah, technically. You were the Rachel to his Ross. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so all so, this stuff happened. Okay, all this stuff happened, and I, you know, ended up, you know, getting turned off against Jay. You know, like they, they did their police work very well as far as as kind of like pitting you against him. Yeah, and, he and, okay. okay, and manipulating it to you know get the story that they wanted so that they could try and press the right charges. Okay, um, and that so, and, from, and that's from like what you felt was going on from. Yeah, from the beginning, I was like, okay. I'm not turning against him. I'm not saying anything, you know, anything I do say, because they asked me everything that happened when I was 15 and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not saying and, anything. And you were 17 at this time? Yeah, I was okay. 17 at this time. And so I'm like, I'm not saying anything because that's not what happened. And I don't think that you have a legitimate case and all this kind of stuff. And so, and then they brought up the letter and it was just like such a low blow. 
because it's like nobody knew about that how did they know about that jason had to have shown them you know and so i was completely devastated and like yeah f that dude like, so you were done so i was done whoa i was like nope he's a douchebag and he totally used me and played me and all the stuff which wasn't even true at all mm -hmm. and so like we were completely done and they hauled him off to jail he had to spend a night in jail and then um he made bail and stuff and then he got a lawyer and all this kind of stuff so nothing ever happened like as far as sexual or the um statutory rape charge they didn't have a good enough case and i still I wasn't willing to bury him, even though I, I didn't like him. I hated him at that point. I still wasn't willing to bury him and, you know, go along with that. Your oh, former yeah. fiance. Yeah, exactly. So I still kind of stood up for him in okay. court. And um, then I had to go. One of the officers recommended that I go to therapy. So I, I spent a year in therapy. Oh, really? Uh -huh. So what kind of therapy was it? Just I'm interested because was, I worked as a mental health counselor. But. Um, it was more just, you know, it was kind of like health counselor, like counseling. It wasn't necessarily therapy. It was more counseling where once a week I went and talked to this lady about anything I really wanted to talk about. And she kind of pointed out what was wrong with that type of thinking or, you know. Um, just guidance, she was, it sounds like. Yeah, okay, cool. just guidance. I was just curious if it was like, oh, just you're somebody like to a, talk to the outside source, like a marriage and family counselor or something like that. Yeah, and then um, one of the officers wanted me to go down to Emma's house for abuse, you know, because Emma's house is for um, domestic violence and um, young. So it's a shelter. Yeah, type shelter of type thing. thing. Okay. So that I could tell my story to them, so they they could try and help me out. Okay. And basically, when I was done talking to that woman, she was like, why are you even here? Really? That's what she yeah. said to you? Yeah. And I was like, because they're trying to bury Jason and and this is the evidence they need for court. And I'm not going to give it to them, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. And so because it was all recorded and the officer got it and stuff. Um, so just like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> if this if this episode ends up like. <laughs> well, we'll decide if this is going to be published or not. But okay. if this episode ends up like bringing up like old, like a cold case, like a <laughs> Law and Order SVU. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, legally, if I press charges, then I guess it could happen. <laughs> okay. Well, if you start pressing charges against your husband, then I would like to have you back on the show so you can <laughs> right. explain everything again. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I just kind of went on with my life, and a couple of my friends still were talking to Jason. Um, Giving me an inside scoop. Yeah, and I didn't really want it. It's just they, I think Jason was trying to pry into it more and, like, see how I was doing. Mm. And, um, he moved over to North Dakota um, because he couldn't be anywhere around here mm -hmm. and started working in the oil field and all that kind of stuff. And um, so... I ended up starting, you know, to have that fling with that, my distant cousin. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> um, so I started having a fling with him and then that ended obviously super quick because I didn't believe the way he did. And then um, I ended up start, I dated somebody else during that time because I was still 17 and I graduated high school. And so during that summer I had dated somebody else and I had moved to Missoula, um, started going to college and... Um, 18 was coming around and that's when I could legally drop the restraining order and then I could actually talk to him because I tried when I moved out I tried hitting him back up because mm -hmm. I kind of realized like no that was all just a play 
Cool. Um, it, so it took me a little bit of time to like, oh, I, I was wrong, you know, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, so I hit him back up and I was just like, you know, I moved out of my parents' house. They have nothing to say. So if you want to see me or if you want to talk, um, you know, we can. And he's like, don't talk to me until the restraining order is lifted. Your husband yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you and, think that that was a smart move by him? Um, I think so. I think, uh, yeah, because it was probably in July, I think I had hit him up and my birthday's in December. So, um, so I just like wrote back like, as you wish. And that was a hard sting for him because oh, he's a princess dude, bride. It's a princess bride <laughs> reference. Uh-huh. Which is his favorite movie Oh, it's at the, the most time. quotable movie of all time. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you Wesleyed him. I did. I totally Oof. did. I was like, as you wish. Oh, man. And that was a hard sting for him, but he I'm never really glad replied. That, I'm really glad that like, you are the Rachel to his Ross, and you are the Wesley to his Buttercup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh. Okay, so I we're we're approaching the two-hour mark, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. And, and uh, by the way, I'm not saying that we need to stop. Um, but I do want to uh, get your perception because we, we touched on it very briefly earlier of like through all of this stuff with mm-hmm. with your husband and the whole craziness from 15 all the way up until, you know, 18 right. of, of everything and how that turned you off of any sort of religion thing. I want to yeah. get you your your kind of take on where you are now and where where you stand with the whole thing, I and mean, we right. can we can talk about the big questions and the uh-huh. validity of the Book of Mormon if if you want. It's it, right. I was just kind of curious as to where you are now. Um. So, with that, because I was pretty good as far as like going to church and stuff when I was younger, um, trying to read the book. I mean, I've read the Book of Mormon first Nephi probably like a million times because I'm always like, I'm going to start. But cover to cover and then you get like halfway through the first Nephi and you're like I'm gonna kill myself <laughs> this is horrible <laughs> I hate this dude there's gonna be so many people that listen to this that are like I know devout exactly Mormons that are just like they, they're so like in denial about that uh-huh. relating to that oh my god oh, yeah well so hopefully they can understand uh, but yeah everything is just like that happened with him that happened with me not being able to take the sacrament anymore not really even wanting to go to church anymore um, essentially being called a murderer uh-huh essentially being called a murderer and kind of like <clears throat> being looked at i felt like i was kind of looked at in the like if i walked into church that it, it was like oh my gosh what a slut type of a thing okay um because it was like i was a town gossip you know everybody loves to gossip so i was just what was happening and more at that than time. likely i'm i'm super excited to get you back on the show again to just chat about whatever else. Right. Because this is kind of like <laughs> the, w- what's really interesting about my guest, I'm talking to the listeners at this point, is that this story that uh-huh. you've been, been telling us is that like, this was kind of a big deal. Yeah, it from shaped. From like 2009 to 2010. Uh-huh. Or whatever time frame it was. Like, it was a big deal. Talk of the town type of stuff. Right. So, okay. Yeah, it gotcha. really was. So, okay, so you're mentioning um, getting turned off to everything with yeah. like, not taking the sacrament and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, and so I was just like, you know, the whole, I looked into the LDS church. I started, I went over to the um, bishop's house because I was friends with his son for a while. Okay. Um, and went over to the bishop's house and like started talking to him like maybe I should have some missionary talks and maybe want to join your guys' church and so I went to church a couple times down there and I had some missionary talks and the funny thing is is like missionaries they came in and started 
teaching about the Book of Mormon. I'm like, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. And they're like, why are we here? <laughs> I know? had the exact same experience when I was investigating the church. Yeah. I brought my quad. Right. And they're like, dude, this kid has a quad. <laughs> like, what's going on? And they're like trying to tell me about, yeah, like the, the Samuel the Lamanite example. Yeah. Um, like... <laughs> They started telling me that story, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah all this Yeah, stuff. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I get know. it, I get it, I get it. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, Lehi came over, and, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do with this girl. And, yeah. And so then I had a we couple. We might have actually had the same exact missionaries now that I think about it. Probably. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so I talked with the bishop and his wife about all sorts of stuff, and came to the. I went to church a couple times, and then I moved to Missoula, and it just kind of was... I didn't care to go to church on my own, you know. Yeah. I wasn't living in my parents' house. I didn't have anybody to please. Um, so I didn't really care. And the guy I was dating, he was, um, during that time that Jason and I were off, he came from a, oh, what are they called? They're, the, they're, they're crazy, too. Who? Um, shoot, what are, what's that? religion that shuns people for yeah i don't know oh my gosh i can't. jehovah was jehovah witness okay. there we go yeah gotcha. so he came from a jehovah witness family so okay. i went to a big conference church thing with him once because he was trying to please his family and i was like well yeah i want to hang out with you so whatever cool. and this is when you were living in missoula, in missoula. Okay. yeah so i did a couple things and then i did come back once for easter church down here just mm -hmm. because I think my dad was singing or my little sister was singing or something like that okay. and um I just never really cared all that much I didn't feel like I needed an organized religion to experience my spirituality I should say like I'm definitely oh. not an atheist um I def I'm not I don't know if I'd say I'm agnostic either because I definitely believe that there is something bigger out there I've had enough experiences that won't let me like if i just said no none of that was real i would be lying to myself so like so some some experiences that you would i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth at all um like transcendental or transcendental type of like you know experiences that you you can't attach any sort of like logic or reason to maybe or yeah okay okay um I think a lot of people have those types of experience. It was just, there have been a few, I mean, a few <laughs> with prayer, mm -hmm. you know, okay. those being answered. Now, those could be totally just random as well. I haven't okay. thrown that out. Okay. Um, but there was a pretty defining one of kind of a guardian angel type story. Ooh. Um, I'm, I'm interested. That is Let's do it. Okay. So it's pretty quick. Um, so I was in high school and driving home the back roads, you know, lower Sheafman area. And this guy was just all over the road and like slow and then fast. Like, okay, well, I'm sick of this. I'm going to pass him. So I was tailing him and that road is really hard to pass anybody on. Mm -hmm. And so I never got the opportunity. So I just completely backed off. And then he sped up like he was probably going 90 up that road really yeah he like just wait ro what road is it again sheafman oh, okay so um, it's the worst road ever the worst road ever so i like started you know so i sped up like back up to like 45 or 50 going up that road and i come around and he's like you know that stretch where there's pine stone and there's that big huge tree on the corner so mm -hmm. um he mm -hmm. was right in the middle of the road and he had stopped 
completely dead stop in the middle of the road like, like was wow. his lights on and everything just yeah every, uh, it was it was like it i had seen your release so it was oh, like okay so it was like okay i thought you meant um, okay and so like i stopped like pulled up next to him like okay well what's going on and maybe he's he's obviously drunk or something like i could have passed out so it's like middle of the tire. yeah and he steps out of his truck and he's a big dude and he had like crazy hair and this crazy look in his eye and he started cussing me out like just was calling me the worst names in the book and i'm just sitting there like frozen because i looked into his eyes and i knew i was gonna die i was like really i'm dead and you I thought was, this guy was going to come at you. Oh, yeah. He whoa. was going to kill me for tailing whoa. him. And so, like, I, I was frozen in fear. I didn't know what to do. And he started to come. And he was, like, by his truck yelling at me, like, opened up completely out of his truck yelling at me. And then after, I don't know how much time went by, maybe 20 seconds of cussing me out, he came over to my door and, like, grabbed the handle. And he was going to, like, I don't know what he was going to do to me. But he grabbed the handle. As soon as he pulled that handle, his truck started rolling backwards. And that's when I snapped. And I was able to, like, holy crap, because he went running after his truck. And I, like, put it in reverse and, like, went clear down the road and, like, started freaking out, hyperventilating. And then I saw him oh get in his truck. God. And he went into Pinesdale. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I have Is to go a long-lost relative? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So, like... Because he was sitting there cussing me out for long enough, and his truck wasn't rolling back during that time. And his tr- the only time his truck rolled back is when he went to open my door. Whoa. So and so, so for you in that moment, it sounds like the the guardian angel type of idea. Right. If okay. I had guardian angels, they're like, all right, she's going to, all right, this dude's crazy. He probably wants to kill her or do something to her. Um, she she should snap out of it, right? She'll put it in reverse. She'll put it in reverse. She's not putting it in reverse. What are we gonna do? Oh my gosh! Put the other car in reverse, damn it! <laughs> yeah. Or dang it! Start pushing! <laughs> Start pushing! Everybody, chip in! So that's what I feel like. Hap- I don't I don't know if you could say feel like, but that's just the experience I got. Is, mm-hmm. You know, and being idle, sitting there for so long until he came to my door. Whoa. Was just, and that's when it started to roll back. That's insane. So like so that. How, okay, so how far away was the truck from your car? Um, okay, let's see, because I didn't pull up like right next to him. Let's say that, I mean, well, I'll use a visual representation that maybe we can. So I, he was here. Okay. My phone like was probably like right here. Oh, okay, gotcha. So he was probably a good at least 15 feet our vehicles are probably at least 15 that's feet really close then yeah okay gotcha um so and then he had to walk around to my driver's side door too so we had to kind of walk a little bit more of an oblique distance uh-huh. to your side of the vehicle. yeah oh okay and so but, and you weren't outside of your car uh-uh, i wasn't i never got outside of my car okay. i even had a bat in the back of my car that i could have used to you know self-defense you yeah <laughs> like i could have done something were you, but were i was you just wearing frozen. your razorback <laughs> I probably had something very provocative on. Oh man, that's probably the reason why he was so pissed at you. Yeah. So. Wow. Was, that's a crazy story. Yeah. That, that guy would. Ooh. ooh. That wigs me out, man. Yeah. So you wouldn't identify yourself as any sort of like agnostic or atheist because no. of, because of these types of experiences. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um. I wouldn't. I definitely don't believe in organized religion i mean okay. organized anything i feel like is a cult i mean you could look at organized religion government like it's all corrupt 
at some point it's going to go corrupt. It definitely because, leans that way. For yeah. Sure. Um, it can start off with good intentions, but once you get enough power and money, then it just turns people. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't say that necessarily like the God is quote unquote the problem. Um, I think it's just, it's just a human thing. Like humans just suck. I mean, we're just fundamentally, we can be good or bad, but it's really easy to turn bad if given the right circumstances. Yeah. Right. The environment is definitely the nature versus nurture argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I hear that for sure. And, and I, and I kind of feel that way a little bit too. Um, on a lot of those beats definitely resonate with me as well as like, yeah. I mean, I don't know a hundred percent anything. Right. Like the more I learn, the less I know type of yeah. idea. And so, and it doesn't matter what it is that I'm learning about, whether it's like stuff with my job and mental health counseling or, you know, about how the, how a car works or mm-hmm. like, Hey, wh- how do they make the rubber on the bottom of my boots? Like, right. it's one of those things like, the, I mean, I know those are kind of like extraneous examples, but like, I don't ever want to assume that I truly, truly, truly know anything up in those like upper tier type of questions yeah. you know what i mean i mean i, I know for a fact that my phone will more than likely turn on if i push the power button right do i know how that works fuck no <laughs> i'm an idiot i'm an idiot <laughs> exactly so it's like you have to look at it as i'm not willing to throw anything out but i'm mm-hmm. also not willing to like live my life to a t because a certain set of principles tell me to live it that so way it sounds like you don't want to um restrict yourself yeah okay. um i'm definitely not a follower and i wouldn't necessarily say i'm a leader either i'm just kind of you know free spirit type of it doesn't need to belong to anything and okay. i think lots of people do need to belong to something and so they turn a blind eye regardless or regarding certain things sure. to keep them in that because it's comfortable mm-hmm. and you know it's hard to be like well it's hard to damn them for it because we all do that we all have comfort comfort things that we find ourselves in and it's hard to get out of Mm -hmm. um so like i can look at all sorts of people's ideology and be like how are they that dumb (laughs) you know across like the whole spectrum of things from religion to politics to everything you know and i'm like how are they that dumb how do they think that way um you know like i think i think i'm right but i'm not going to throw anything out it's like if i think that they are so blind and so dumb like if people are actually blind to stuff what am i blind to because there's got to be something i'm blind to okay yeah and so i like good awareness yeah i like to keep an open mind and talk to all sorts of types of different people and get their ideas and do some research because it's like i'm probably blind to something and i can't accuse somebody else of being blind if i'm not willing to open my eyes to literally anything sure you know sure so that's great so it's just that's the way i try and live life Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm definitely, I do pray a lot, not a lot. I sh- probably should do it more. I don't know. But like, as far as like giving birth, I had a hard time. And so, yeah, I did ask my dad and my brother to come over and give me a blessing because it's like, yeah. even if you believe in it or not, why wouldn't you ask for help? Any type of help. Well, I mean, childbirth is something that we can definitely get into if you want. But, like, that is definitely one of those transcendental experiences. Like, you are literally bringing life into Uh the world. And I have obviously no idea what that's like. Um, Because I'm not married. I don't have children of my own. And, I mean, I've never been a part of any of that. Like, literally, you know, with the catcher's mitt. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ready ready (laughs) to catch that baby. But, um, but yeah, that would definitely... I, I mean, I don't think it's completely out of bounds to be like... 
you know, in whatever type of situation. Did you did you receive an epidural when you were? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna do a home birth, but then my water was broken for 24 hours, so we Ooh. had to go. Yeah, you had to um, go for it. We had to go. Yeah. So, like, I had asked him because I really wanted a home birth, and mm-hmm. so I asked my dad to come over because my midwife was just like, you know, we need to go to the hospital. I will give you a few more hours, and if you don't progress in those hours, we are done. You know, we're and going to the we're, hospital. We're zipping you down there. Um, and so, like, I'm like, well, I'm gonna ask for any type of help I can. So. Mm-hmm. Like, Mom, will you call Dad over and give him a blessing? Yeah. So that either we can get things going, or if I do have to go to the hospital, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you think that that provided something for you in that moment? Um, I think because I I don't know I think I was I was pretty devastated when I did have to go to the hospital. Um, but I, really, on the way down, okay. I was because I kind of felt like a failure almost. Really? Yeah, and it's Whoa. stupid to feel that way. I would agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because I just like one, we didn't have insurance, so the whole money thing was like was tough too. For the, any of the international listeners, American healthcare is really expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah. Um. So like, I was like, Ugh, this is gonna be expensive, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I really wanted the home birth, and yeah. you know, I just felt like I had kind of this like idea in my head of how it was supposed to go and then that got crushed and so, so your expectations so my expectations okay. and i was like kind of scared too and then on the way down there i just kind of got this calming sense of like you know there's a reason i'm coming down here mm. and it was a good thing because i bled out really 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 bad after oh, giving birth okay. so i would have been in the hospital regardless oh even if i did have it at home oh, okay um, and so I think, I don't know, it might've played it a part because I did ask for help and that, you know, my dad did come over that maybe I did say due diligence enough in that area mm-hmm. to be able to accept help from somewhere else Yeah. too. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, and like I, I shot an elk three years back with my bow and I, I didn't make a very good shot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so it took us a little bit to find it. And that just made me so sick because it's like I shot this animal that I probably shouldn't have even taken a shot on, but I did. And now it's wounded and now it's sick and dying somewhere, you know, and if I don't get to harvest that meat, that's going to be devastating because if I'm going to take a life. I'm going to use that life. Well, yeah. And I think that something is that's really important too for, for people that might be listening is like hunting is definitely a part of like what we grew up like yeah. having, you know, and, uh-huh. um, and like being able to, um, I don't, I don't assume people really understand that there's like not really a serious bloodlust. Right. I mean, no, yeah, I mean, you, be, you do get a high after, oh, yeah. afterwards, I mean, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that's completely, it's not what compels you. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like the hunting part is the part that people are drawn to yeah. instead of the actual taking and harvesting yeah. that meat. I mean, cause I've done that as well. Uh-huh. Um, and and, you know, like harvested my own meat and, and that kind of thing with a few deer and, and, and that kind of stuff. But I was all uh, like during that time, it was a very profound experience for me because mm-hmm. of the the fact that I was, you know, I felt an unbelievable sense of gratitude towards, you know, and the way that my dad kind of interpreted it for me was he took a very um, what can be considered a Native American approach, mm-hmm. like thanking yeah thanking Mm -hmm. the elk thanking mother nature or gaia or god or whatever you want to attach to it Mm -hmm. for the opportunity to provide you know food and sustenance for the people that i care about most right so yeah 
yeah so like I made that shot and then this animal's dying and so I was just like sick to my stomach and so I did I prayed about it I was just like you know please just let it die peacefully and please mm-hmm. let me be able to harvest that meat and you know it's more like I guess when I pray I don't really like ask for a lot of things I'm more I'm like thank you for this this and this and this and this and like I kind of take it more like not projecting it outward is more like think more like more towards me like thank mm-hmm. you for being able to th- think the way I do or be able to provide the certain things that I can and I'm thankful for my husband to be able to do certain things I'm thankful for my kid and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so but this time I was just like you know please anything yeah. out there please just kill it yeah, yeah. or let it survive yeah, get it done you know get it done and then we ended up finding it too and so and was able to harvest the meat it didn't go bad or anything like that well, and so good. it's like that's good certain things like that I'm like I'm not you know other people might be like oh my gosh that's ridiculous why mm-hmm. it's like why not put a certain out energy out there like I believe in energy so if you put something out there regardless if it's going to come back or not it's just like that's just energy getting sent somewhere yeah so cool. I don't know awesome thank you so much for coming on the show oh yeah it's fun it. <laughs>